wait, how's the intro go? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Second Impressions, the show where we'll try anything twice. My name's Danica. And my name's Emma. I am so pumped up. <laughs> I'm pumped. Yeah. Yeah. You and me, we had a really good powwow before yeah. we started recording, and I'm just, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready to go. Yeah. We're going to talk about some bullshit. Talk about some real fucking bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Emma? I am so much better now that we're talking this week. I really missed last week talking with you, but just didn't work I out. too. Yeah, I missed it too. I was like, I was thinking about it and I was just like, I miss my Emma time. Yeah. It's our yeah. special Emma and Dano time. I know. And then uh, you, like, we have... Um, like a group chat that we have with a couple of our other friends that we have like actual phone converse or online conversations <laughs> with each other every now and then. And I couldn't make the most recent one. So I missed out on that. And yeah, it's just, it's just good to hear your voice. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Yes, you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. You're really pumping me up. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to, <laughs> I'm here to lift you up. Um, so yeah, sorry that we didn't have an episode last week, but you know, these things don't always work out. We don't get paid to do this podcast and we're just going to do it whenever it fucking lines up with our schedule. Yeah. Being an adult sometimes is difficult and you know what? That's fine. It is fine. It's been a wild time, but I'm so ready to talk about this uh, book and movie. We did both since we had a little extra time. We both read a book and watched a movie, and we're going to talk about both of those things today. Yes. Working so hard for you people. I mean, watching a movie is not that difficult, but... Well, my... <laughs> I know I... it can be for you because yeah. you fall asleep a lot. <laughs> you know what... Sometimes what? a girl's gotta sleep, and sometimes that's in the middle of a movie. I'm not mad at you about it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I have been able to just, like, fall asleep at the drop of a hat lately, just because, yeah. like, there's been a lot of stuff going on, and I think I've just been, like, super stressed that, like, sleep is just, like, my natural kind of get better state. And Travis and I were watching a movie that I was really enjoying um, on the weekend. We watched this, like, Spider-Man that came out a couple of years ago because we still hadn't gotten around to seeing it. Oh, Homecoming? Yes. And mm, um, It was good. Yeah, it, like, got to that really great part where um, Spider-Man is, like, on the Staten Island ferry. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be, like, this huge thing. And... He got on the ferry, he's looking at the bad guys, he starts, like, kicking their asses, and I immediately fell asleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up when it was over, and I was like, we need to resume this tomorrow, because it was also, like, later, but... Yeah. Yeah, so it's just not all boring movies, you know? Some movies are exciting, and I'm still just, like, out. It's just whenever you're, like, in a reclined position, you just... I suppose so. <laughs> That's Okay. It's fine. It's you just fine. need as much, you just need all the energy, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you can only watch movies while standing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
how weird would that be to like come over to your friend's house you're like yeah come in i'm just watching a movie and they're just like standing in the middle of their living room <laughs> that would be pretty anything. weird and you're like hey do you want to like a uh, have a seat and you're like no 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 i just i don't want to miss this <laughs> i have to be like this <laughs> you just stand in the living room <sighs> okay 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 moving on hey emma hey danica what are you drinking oh boy uh just some tea what kind just some nice tea just my rooibos tea again i had yoga tonight before we recorded so i just really needed uh a nice chill beverage. You're such a yoga girl now. Every Wednesday. I love this. I love this Zen version of you. Wow, somebody is honking their horn outside I heard the window. That. So loud. Did you really? Yes. I'm so sorry. The window is closed. <laughs> <laughs> I was so really <laughs> I love okay, I love where I live. But there, I mean, usually the only thing I have to deal with is a lot of sirens because I'm very close to a hospital, which is great if there's ever any sort of accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently just a lot of uh, angry people honking their horns as well. Wild. People are yeah. wild. People are wild. Anyway, yeah. sorry to ruin your zen. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a zen lady now. Yeah. You know? Sometimes... I actually really like it because I go, like, right after work, um, and, you know, the day has been maybe very stressful, and it's the middle of the week, and I got, like, two more days of work left, and I'm just like, can I do it? And then I go to yoga, get a little, get a, get some, like, stretch on, maybe get some sweat on, and then I feel better. And it's like, can you do it? Yes, you can. Yes, Bob you the Builder. can. Yeah. You are Bob the Builder. Thank you. You're welcome. all I ever wanted to be. Okay, weird goals, but fine. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, Danica. Hey, Emma. What you drinking? I am drinking something kind of special. Um, So we've talked about 33 Acres Brewing before. Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah, a little brewery here in Vancouver. So a while ago, they acquired the space right beside theirs mm-hmm. and they've started making some experimental brews in there um some of them you can go in and i mean you can go in um and some of them they have on tap for you to try so you can do like tasters of all of them um and then some of them are only available um in six packs so you can buy those and so i was in there on friday if you know about you knew about my I told you yeah. about my Friday so yeah that's I was there it was very much needed um and uh, it's just an adorable little place and they have so many different things on tap and the guy was so nice and actually it was really funny because we walked in there and we didn't see anybody working mm-hmm. so we just like are looking at the menu and we're like chatting and the guy just, like, pops up behind the bar, and he's just like, hello! And we're like, ah! <laughs> and then he did, he did the, like, stare joke from coming up from behind the bar. He was just like, oh, just coming up from the cellar. And I was like, I've literally never seen anyone do that in real life, and it made me really happy. <laughs> 
So anyway, he was great. He gave us tasters of so many things so we could decide what we wanted. That's awesome. Um, it was really good. They've got some like really, really good stuff there. And so I bought um, a six pack of something that I thought was really interesting. It is their um, date shake ale, and it's like a it's like a cream ale. Okay, uh, it's got dates and cinnamon, um, and lactose. <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, I know. I've been drinking a lot of like lactose beers, which is probably not great for me, but <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> I like honestly didn't even know that beer had lactose in it. Like, some beers have lactose in it until, like, last year. Right, with, like, the strawberry one. Yeah. From Fuggles and Warlock. Yeah. I, like, I've had cream ales before, but I had never thought about, like, uh, fruity beers having lactose in them. Yeah. It's usually used as, like, a sweetener, not necessarily um, Definitely. Cream. And I mean, like, I've had milk stouts before. Like, you would think that that would just be a dead giveaway. But I was yeah. like, la da da, like <laughs> not even thinking about it. I'm like it's beer, it's fine. They don't actually put milk in the beer. Like, no, no sometimes they do. <laughs> anyway, so this is a very it's a very creamy, strong ale. Um, and yeah, it tastes like dates, it tastes like cinnamon. It's super weird, but I like it. I'm so glad for you. Thank you. That sounded really sarcastic, but I sincerely No, I know, I knew it was real. It's okay. <laughs> For all our listeners out there that were just like, wow, Emma. Yeah, but like, wow. We've been friends a long time. I know you. Yeah. No, I'm really happy for you. I'm glad you like it. Thank you. I get in trouble a lot because my tone of voice um, comes across as sarcastic a lot of the time. Mm. So I'll be speaking sincerely. And people are like, wow, Danica's such a bitch. It's like, no, I'm, I, I was being honest. I just sound sarcastic accidentally. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> Anyways, let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. I don't have like a good segue. I was trying to think of one. Um, nope, I got Speaking nothing. Speaking of lactose, <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no segue. We're talking about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, <laughs> both the book and the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. The book was written by Ken Kesey, and the movie is very famous. Yeah, I didn't realize. <laughs> very well said. Um, the book came out in 1962. Uh, the movie came out in 1975. So a bit yeah. of a gap there. Um, yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I guess I knew that the movie was as highly praised as it is it's yeah a big deal because it won the the quote-unquote big five awards academy awards uh mm -hmm. which is like best picture, picture best lead actor best lead actress best director and best adapted screenplay yeah adapted screenplay or just screenplay well it can be either that's included in the big five. Oh, okay cool but this was in Adapt because it was adapted from a novel. Right, obviously. Yeah. Durr. The novel we read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we read, yes. <laughs> okay, both the book and the movie is about um, a mental institution in Oregon 
Uh, it has two main characters. Well, it has a narrator. It has a main character. So it's told from the perspective, the book at least, of a guy named uh, Mr. Bromden, Chief Bromden, who is a half Native American uh, patient at a psych hospital who everyone believes is deaf and mute. He's not, but everyone thinks he is. (laughs) And the plot mostly uh, focuses on the story of a new patient at the hospital named Randall Patrick McMurphy, played by Jack Nicholson in the movie. (laughs) Iconic. Iconic. And he's transferred there from a work farm where he was uh, doing... What was he a doing? A prison sentence. Yeah, that's what he was. He was working out his prison <laughs> sentence on a work farm. Got himself transferred to this uh, psych hospital. And just disturbs the perfect schedule, perfect little biome created by the head nurse, Nurse Ratched, also known as the Big Nurse. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I honestly thought until this read through that her ner- her name was nurse ratchet with a t like a- yeah right i want to say that that's on purpose I although think so. i guess well i don't know i don't know but i like i could have sworn and then all of a sudden i'm reading and i'm like oh okay because i was like reading some dialogue <laughs> where they called her nurse ratchet and i was like is this some weird like name that they're calling her to like make fun of her and then i was like no it's her name i guess ratchet has a different meaning now than it would have back in the day yeah (laughs) definitely (laughs) so if she had been named ratchet now then that would be very funny but yeah (laughs) yeah so i think the the story like focuses a lot on like the power struggle between mcmurphy and ratchet Mm -hmm. ratchet with a d and um i found that to be like a really interesting uh i don't know like just plot basically Mm -hmm. yeah so when's the last time (laughs) yeah (laughs) We'll get into our first impressions. Um, we've done this before with a book and a movie, haven't we? Yeah, we with another Jack Nicholson movie, The Shining. Oh, shit, that's so weird. Yeah, I know, right? Wow, I didn't even think about that. Okay, cool. Um, Next, we're going to do Anger Management. Was that a book first? No. <laughs> then it's not gonna work um neat okay so i think i don't remember it was a long time ago but i want to say that the way that we did it um for that episode was we still blocked it out like first impressions and then second impressions and we just talked book movie and then book movie well because the book so this is a little different though because um for the shining the book was both a first impression for us because we hadn't read it before oh shit yeah but this time we've I assume uh, that we have both read the book and both have seen the movie before. Yes. This is like a true second impression for both of these things for me. Well, I can talk about my first impression of the book and the movie at the same time because, uh, you know, 
I don't know about you, but I did it in high school. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and they would do like that thing where, you know, you would read the book, kind of like 1984, right? You'd read the book and then they'd let you watch the movie one day after yep. you were done. That's always the best day when they wheel in the TV. And oh, you're like, yeah. God, yeah. And you're like, Fuck finally. Yeah. Fuck me up with that shit. <laughs> yeah, and in the case of this movie, it's like over two hours. Yeah. And so definitely I... two days of classes. Exactly. Yeah, like our classes were not that long. <laughs> no. So we got two days of movie watching. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so, being a teen is fun. Sometimes. Sometimes. Only sometimes. Yeah. Um. So, honestly, like, the book didn't leave that great of a first impression on me. I remember reading it in high school, but I don't really remember whether, like, I enjoyed it or I hated it. I think it was just, like, a thing we had to do, and I just did it, and that was the end of that. I fully agree. Because, like, we did this in, like, grade 11. Is that when? I honestly can't remember. I think so. I think we figured this out when we did the 1984 episode. Or or the Lord of the Flies episode. Because we were trying to figure out. It must have been Lord of the Flies. Because, like, 1984 for sure was my grade 12 English class. Yeah. I just took that in grade 11. Yeah. Um. But I think I was confused in that episode as to whether I read it in grade 12 or grade 11. And then we determined it was grade 12. So this was grade 11. Okay. Because this is some pretty mature content. Like, I don't feel like we would have read it earlier. No, and I'm very convinced I read Lord of the Flies in grade 10. So then, Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're right. 11. All right, we figured it out. Yeah, Yeah. high school. (laughs) Done. Um, Yeah, so the book was just very, like... I don't know, not outstanding in any one way. Um, But I do kind of remember the movie, and mostly just for Jack Nicholson. Like, whenever I think of R.P. McMurphy, I just have this, like, vision of Jack Nicholson in, like, his little fisherman's toque and his, like, crazy fucking eyebrows. I know. His eyebrows make his acting, like... I think it's just something about his face. I think they defined his face, and he's already, like, a really dynamic actor. Yes. And, uh, yeah, man, those eyebrows just, they're great. But he's not an eyebrow actor. No. Unlike uh, Emma Watson, who only acts with her eyebrows. Sometimes I feel like he is an eyebrow actor. Like, there was a couple scenes in The Shining where it was just, like, his eyebrows were the star of the show. Hmm. Yeah, okay, I'll give like you that. getting all crazy and stuff. <laughs> and um, there was a scene in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when I was watching it where um, he just had a very, like, straight face for the whole scene and just looked so sincere and his eyebrows weren't doing a single thing. And I was just like, what's happening? But it's good. Like, I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you can tell that he's like... Or his character is, like, thinking about things. Yeah. But nothing's really showing on his face. Yeah. He's a great actor. <laughs> He's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. God, how old is he now? 70-something, I'm going to guess. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, because if you think this movie came out in the 70s, it's, like, 40 years ago. That's pretty wild. There yeah. are, I mean, we can talk about this more later, but there are some like surprising p 
people in this movie. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but first, it's just a joy. It's a joy. Tell me about your first impressions. Well, very similar to yours. Um, I I have few specific memories about reading the book in high school. And I think that's just because it's a very dense book and there's a lot that you can analyze. Um, but when you're just reading the words, because it's from like Chief's perspective mm-hmm. and because he has this very specific mechanical outlook at the world, it's difficult to follow sometimes because yes. you're just following his mind. And it's fascinating, but when you're a high schooler and you just have to read it for class, sometimes the words don't stick. They're just kind of falling out as soon as you read them. Um, So I remembered, but I remembered enjoying, like, it being from one person's perspective, but the protagonist being somebody else. Right. There's not a lot of books that are like that. Usually the narrator is the protagonist, and that's not uh, this case. Yeah. Um, I will say that when I mentioned to Keegan that we were reading this book, he he kind of gave me a, re- a reaction like, oh, oh, no, that's going to be like, it's going to be so sad. <laughs> and I was immediately like, what? No, what are you talking about? Like, it's a great book. We're going to have a good time. And he was like, no, that book's really depressing. <laughs> I was like, what? I remember. So the one thing that I did remember was like a sense of like victory yeah and feeling good about it by the end of the book Mm -hmm. um i didn't remember the hardships it took to get there yeah (laughs) so yeah so i i kind of thought that i was going to be in for a really good time um and then (laughs) boy howdy yeah (laughs) not what happens Yeah, um, and then, yeah, couldn't remember a whole lot about the movie, but I remember, I remember just viewing it completely differently because it's not as much focused on Chief because you can't really have a narrator in a movie. You can, but it changes the type of movie that it is. Yeah. Um, I just, I just remember enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's more than I had, so. Not much more. <laughs> God. At least you can remember I... some feelings about it. I was, I would, like, think of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and all I knew was, yes, I'd read it. Yes, I'd seen the movie. No, I don't have any feelings about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remembered yeah. feelings, but I remembered, like, zero specifics about the book and movie. Yeah. Didn't really remember any plot details. It was just, like, um, such a weird, I don't know, high school, like, required reading was just, like, such a weird time. Yeah, it's because you don't you don't have to, like, write the sort of detailed papers that you have to at university if you take English yeah. classes. Yeah. So you don't, you don't have to focus on it that much. You just have to do it in a way to answer the prove that you read it to prove that you read it so you can just like do the questions on the provincial tests to be like yeah education's good in bc 
Um, <laughs> so true. Although I guess we didn't have provincial tests in grade 11. I don't even know, man. It was grade 9 and grade 12. It was like, It's like grade 4 and grade 9 and grade 12? Sure. Okay, whatever. Whatever you say. I'll believe you. I don't know. I've only lived in BC like my whole life. <laughs> only my whole life. Only did my whole schooling career here. I know. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we could just go straight into our second impressions because yeah, that's, that's about recent. What I talk about. <laughs> yeah, and I remember what I did a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think this time? So, um, I had a lot of feelings this time. I had so is, many feelings. I had, a, yeah. Uh, my first feeling was. Uh, frustration because this book is incredibly popular and really hard to find. <laughs> really? Yes. I had oh, I such just... a hard time. Well, I didn't have such a hard time, but I did have to go to four different places. I went to okay. the library. It was checked out for like weeks. I was like, fine, can't do that. Went to both used bookstores that were within walking distance because I was like, it's an old book and it's required reading, so they're definitely going to have a copy of it. No, mm-hmm. they don't. Uh, yeah, I did not realize like how popular this book is. It's cool. considered a classic. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering what makes a book a classic. So, anyways... Uh, so then I went to chapters because I was like, fuck it, I guess I'm buying it. And I got mm-hmm. the last copy. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. There was one copy, so I got it. Uh, and then I read it and, oh my God, it was like, I just had feelings of high school coming back to me all over again. Oh no. I just like such a, like, as I started reading it, I could remember how I felt about the book, kind of, but Mm -hmm. I could only feel those things, like, now. And it was just such a slog to get through. I just, like, basically hated my life for the first, like, 200 pages of the book. That's so sad. Yeah. (laughs) And there would be, like, exciting moments, and I'd be like, wow, that was a really great, like, chapter or whatever. But then I'd be like, okay, now we're back at it, and... Was that just because of, like, the associated feelings with high school or because of, like, what was happening in the book? I think it was about what was happening in the book. Um, I, it took a long time for me to, like, appreciate Chief Bromden's perspective in the book. Mm -hmm. And at first I was just like, what's happening? Um, I just thought, you know, there's so many characters. They're so hard to keep track of. Yes, that's so, true. Yeah. Um, and they're all, But like, a lot of them die, so. <laughs> I know. One would die. I'd be like, amazing. One less, <laughs> one less person I have to remember. Ah. Um, <laughs> it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And then it wasn't until, like, part three in the book, where, and you're more than halfway through by the time you get there, yeah. that I really was like, okay, now I'm enjoying this. Really enjoyed part three. And then mm-hmm. got into part four, and I was just like, I'm over it. Like, get me to the end. Yeah. So. And I feel like the end, like, there's so much that happens, and they don't really give it a lot of time in the book. 
But at the mm-hmm. beginning, it's so slow. Like, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's paced very well. I think that's a fair criticism. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I did. I did feel like the early parts of the book slogged on a little bit. So yeah, it also took me a little bit, a little while to like get into it. Yeah. Um, I did really enjoy like the way that chief narrates though yeah because he does get this i did totally yeah he starts out as this like fly on the wall so you are getting just that kind of weird perspective of him just being this omniscient presence where he's just like i'm seeing everything that happens and i've been here for so long and i know everything that goes on and then mcmurphy shows up and everything gets like flipped turned upside down and it's great. Um, so, yeah, it is slow at first. But then once um, Chief's character starts to develop and he becomes less of a fly on the wall and he's more of an actual character in the book, then it's, like, much more compelling because then he's there. He's in it. He's part of it. I was, yeah, going into the book with really high hopes because again i had only remembered the like final memory of like victory yeah and feeling good and i was like this book ends on a high note and like yeah i sort of remember how it ends but i feel really good about it and then i started reading and i was like oh god (laughs) it's a lot it's like really depressing yeah it's it deals with a lot of just really, really heavy topics, and it's in the early 60s, and it's just a totally different time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, a lot of, like, weird racism that is just difficult to swallow. Um, a lot of... I mean, the way that we viewed mental health for a really long time was just, like, pretty whack. And that's true of this time. Yeah. And that's difficult to take in. And the way that, like, women are portrayed is, like, difficult to take in. And it's just... I was kind of all over the place with this book. Yeah. But I still really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it overall, I think, too, even though it was slow. Like, I, even though a lot of those topics were just, like, really depressing and difficult to read about, and because it's taking place at, like, this mental hospital where these things kind of are out in the open more, Mm-hmm. So they're, it's, they're just more discussed and go into greater depth, kind of. So you have to, like, spend more time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's, like, interesting to see it from, like, the perspective of being in the 60s. And um, especially because um, Ken Kesey, like, wrote this book after he had like, volunteered at a mental institution or something yes. like that. So, yes. Know. So this is what um, 
this is like adding on to exactly what you're saying. So after I finished the book, Mm -hmm. I started reading about, not just about the book, but about like when the book was written and why the book was written and like Ken Kesey's deal. And I think that it really benefits the reader to know more about like the author and the time that the book was written. So I got a lot more out of the book once I started learning about the background and the history of it. Yes. So it's very, like, indicative of its time, and it's a good, it's good at, like, analyzing a lot of things that were happening at its time. So it's really weird reading it now, where certain things with, like, well, pretty much everything, um, have progressed (laughs) so much, like, we've come so far. So it's, like, pretty wild to see the difference between where we are now and what was happening not that long ago. Totally. Yeah. And it's, like, heartbreaking, really, to see the way that, like, the patients are, like, given their treatments and and things like that. All of these kind of, like, um, what's the word? Exploratory procedures. So, like, they didn't really know whether or not they worked, but they kind of worked, so we're still going to use them and all this stuff. Yeah, no, this was even at um, a time when electroshock therapy and lobotomies were, like, being phased out. Yeah, As, totally. like, the standard. And I think it even acknowledges that in the book. Yeah. At one point, yeah. I think it does say, like, oh, you know, people aren't really doing this anymore, but we're still doing it at yeah, our hospital. it's not and... the hip thing to do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, like, it shocks me just how recent, like, lobotomies were and things like that i read this Mm -hmm. book this other book um a few years ago called my lobotomy and it's a really great memoir of a guy who got a lobotomy in like the 50s or 60s when he was a kid basically because his stepmom hated him what and so she would like kind of manifest these situations where he would act out and Mm -hmm. she convinced his father like this is the only thing left to do like we have to get him lobotomized whoa she sounds like a familiar character (laughs) no she sounds exactly like nurse ratchet i know right (laughs) and um yeah i should read that book now actually yeah Yeah. i really want to because that's exactly what nurse ratchet does yeah so this guy though um I'll just spoil the book for you before you even read it. Because he was (laughs) so young, when he got lobotomized, his brain was able to, like, heal itself, basically. And even though um, he got, like, an MRI done later in life, so you can see his brain, and it is literally, like, cleaved in two, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, But the brain was able to, like, make new pathways within itself. So cool. And so he's able to, like, get married and have a functioning life and hold a job and, like, do all of these things that, like, older lobotomized patients just wouldn't be able to do because they would be <laughs> made into, like, these vegetables, basically. Right. Right. So but because it was so young, the brain, like, wasn't yeah. done growing, so it just, like, figured it out. Yeah. So it That's was, like, awesome. such a sad story, but also, like, just so like, victorious over this terrible, terrible procedure that was forced upon, like, a 10-year-old, and, uh, 
and he was able he he like didn't write the book i think but he did um what write talk it at someone what's that word oh dictate yeah yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> i got you um i think don't he quote- talked it at someone <laughs> don't quote me on that no that's fine i yeah no i'm gonna yeah. look this up because it sounds really cool yeah it's called my lobotomy very wow. good would recommend um and it also is just like giving you insight to one of the procedures that we see in one flew over the cuckoo's nest around the same time period like it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy Lo- lobotomies are wild to me like whoever thought that sticking something in someone's brain was a really good idea like i mean they're still done aren't they no not at all well unless they're done in like back alley clinics and um <laughs> black market countries like i'm pre- i'm but pretty were, positive but they they're were illegal. done up until like very recently and there were like i think they were made illegal they did develop sa- like safer way safer ways to do things because before they would take out just like a huge chunk of your brain so you were more or less a vegetable but and then they started going in through the eye yep and that's how they made them safer um no i'm pretty sure lobotomies are just like hold on now we have to find out uh yeah oh god i think they're still done in some cases it's just a lot better now because we know a lot more about the brain and you only have to remove or mess around with a very small part of it um yeah i guess they're probably not called lobotomies anymore (laughs) but like what's crazy to me is like so many were done in such a short period of time that oh yeah it's like once they discovered it they were just like cool we're doing this to everybody yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's fucking wild um one thing that surprised me was that um so in the book uh being sent up for a lobotomy was pretty much the worst thing like the worst punishment that you could get yes so it was like if you acted out on nurse ratchet's ward um you could get sent up to disturbed where they would likely send you for electroshock therapy and that was also a very scary thing because there was one patient who was an example of what could happen if you had too many electroshock therapy sessions where his brain was more or less fried <laughs> and he just he just stood with his arms out all day and wouldn't respond to anything or anyone. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I forget that character's name. Me too. Um, <laughs> there's too yeah, many. So, there are a lot. That's the other thing is that on, in the book, there's like 40 patients on the ward and in the movie, there's 18 so still a lot to remember, but not nearly as many. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he stands there day in and day out as this, like, warning of, like, what can possibly happen to you? And then even worse, you could be sent for a lobotomy. And in the book, yeah, I guess at this time, it was pretty much there was no coming back from a lobotomy. You were just a vegetable at that point, And you're... Yeah. Whoever you were, that person is gone. Yeah. Um... And then in the movie, it's not talked about as much. 
No. Uh, nor is electroshock therapy. No. We kind of confront these problems as McMurphy does. Yeah. So, yeah, we see the electroshock therapy for the first time when he does. And then he just kind of, at the end of the movie, he just kind of comes back and he doesn't even, because it wasn't talked about um, in the book, he comes up and he's got the bruising around the eyes and we immediately know what's happened. Mm-hmm. And then in the movie, he's got these two scars on either side of his head mm-hmm. and you're supposed to kind of um, infer. infer and figure out what's happened just based on that alone. Because I don't think they even explicitly say, like, oh, he's no, had a lobotomy. they don't. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that it was interesting. And it's like, because I read the book, I knew what was coming. Yeah. But I wonder what I would have thought. I guess I would have figured it out, but it's just it's just interesting. I think... it was different. Yeah. I think that there's a lot lost in the movie by not having... Um, like Chief Bromden's perspective because he provides so much insight to what's going on on the ward and basically kind of explains everything to the reader what's happening and in the movie there's just so many other things like intricacies in the story that you need to like see or notice or just Mm -hmm. figure out and um, I think that you know if you're not really paying attention or if you're a 16-year-old kid watching it in school, like, you're not <laughs> going to get it. Yeah, it might just go over your head. Yeah. And um, I am not surprised that the movie won, you know, so many awards. It was really well done. And um, like we've said before, Jack Nicholson did a really great job. But just like... You know, I was having, like, a, sh- a shining episode moment where just comparing – I couldn't help compare it to the book. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, the movie just really, like, lets you down in so many ways. I know. And I was then, thinking that, too. And then I started laughing. it's exactly laughing. the same as The Shining. Yes. And then I started laughing, though, because remember how Stephen King hates The Shining? Ken Kesey hates this movie. Well, yes. actually, he said uh, for a long time that, like, he refused to watch it. Yeah. And um I guess I think he's a he's definitely seen part of it. Yes. <laughs> I read that he was just like channel surfing one night and started watching the movie not knowing that it was the movie. <laughs> and then once he realized like, oh, this is the movie they made on my book, then he like changed the channel. Mm-hmm. But he didn't like what he saw. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, both of these movies are, like, classics. They're so, so well done. And the movies are so well received. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson stars in both of them. (laughs) Yep. And the author fucking hates it. (laughs) And they're both, I mean, The Shining more so is, like, way different than the book. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, this movie is different enough from the book that I would say that they're, like, that you have to, you have to do them both and you have to, like, view them separately. Yes. Because it's just not, it's not the same. It's not the same. Like, like I was saying earlier, I feel, I really feel like the main kind of heart of the story is, like, 
the power struggle between Nurse Ratched and McMurphy. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get that in the movie. Like, there's a I couple mean, of it's scenes there, where but it is not at the same level. It didn't have the same, like, intensity. No. Um, and who even. Who was it? Like, Louis? Is it Louise Fletcher? Yes. Plays Nurse Ratched? Yeah. She's great, but um, because she has this just, like, very, very calm nature. Oh, I loved her. Yeah. She's really good. She's so scary. Um, but it, she was, yeah, but it was a different kind of, it was a, yeah, it was a different kind of scary than what I was picturing in my mind when I was reading the book. Yeah. And also because, like, the book is told from Chief Bromden's perspective and he has a skewed view of the world. Um, right. The, I guess, villains in the book just seem a lot more villainous than they are in the movie. Because that's how he sees them. Yes. And, um, but I think that really, like, lends itself to, you know, you want to see the patients become victorious over the authority of the hospital. And, um, I, and I think it just makes the the ending better, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, honestly, like, with the movie, I, it was also interesting, though, because I felt like McMurphy was, like, more of a dick in the movie. And, um, just, like, a really, like, rude individual. (laughs) Yeah. He goes through a slightly different journey, just because there's not as much time. Yeah. Um, that you could focus on him in the, it's already like a movie that's slightly over two hours, but so long, it's so long, but it doesn't feel that way because so much is happening and the pacing like is just kind of really going. Um, yeah, the pacing of the movie right now, the pacing of the movie is so fast. Okay. I'm good. Are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, it is, it's so fast. There's a lot to cover. And it's kind of interesting compared to the book where it feels so slow at times. Yeah. But it's, there can be a lot happening in those really quiet moments. Um, One of the main differences that kind of upset me was the fishing trip. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fishing trip itself, but it was the way the fishing trip was done. Yeah, me too. I hated that. Yeah. So in the movie... What happens is, I guess, any patient who isn't, like, committed already goes out on regular day trips in a bus that they have, and they just load everybody on wherever they take them. I don't know. But because McMurphy is committed, he's not allowed to go on these day trips, and neither is Chief. So, in the movie, uh, (laughs) McMurphy just, like, gets Chief... To help to like boost him over the fence and he just jumps the fence jumps on the bus and steals the bus and takes everybody down to the docks and they go fishing which is like fine and great it's a good scene everybody has a great time um in the book i liked it better because he did it in a way like he followed the rules yeah as much as he can mm-hmm. so he gets to stick it to nurse ratchet 
by following her rules but still getting his way. Yeah. And that is what, like, really pisses her off. Mm-hmm. Because she has, like, less reason to be mad at him. Yeah, she has no, like, viable reason to, like, punish him. But she still has to punish him somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't, they didn't fully do things, uh, like, legally, I guess. No, but also, like, she <laughs> has to punish him because, like, she can feel him taking her power away from the ward. Yes. So she has to, like, regain that power somehow by knocking McMurphy down a peg. Mm-hmm. Or two. Mm-hmm. Or five. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> but it's cooler because it's messier in the book because it's, like... Yeah. He's like, I got people to sign up. I got everybody to pay $10 so we can charter the boat. We have, uh, like, S... <laughs> Escorts is the wrong word because they're literally prostitutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they have, like, escorts, which he says are, like, ants, and then they're prostitutes, whatever. Um, the doctor that comes. Are coming. The doctor comes. So that's great. Chief is there. Yeah. Which is great because he's included for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, and it's just, like, the whole part of it is, like, we did this together as a group. We really just, like stuck it to Nurse Ratchet, and we went out, and we fished, and we were men. That's another big thing of the book so is, many like, oh, we're men. Yeah. <laughs> it was really my favorite part of the book. It was so good. It is. The fucking doctor is there. It's hilarious. I know, and he, like, catches that huge fucking flounder. I know, and he loves it. <laughs> yeah. He has a great time. He's like, ha, ha, ha. We're all, we're all buddies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the nurse is so mad. She's so mad. But she can't, she can't really be. And so that's why it's great. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, in the movie, it's just like McMurphy is clearly in the wrong. He's just being his old rebellious self. Yeah. 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 And yeah. you could argue that the patients don't even, like, they didn't consent to go on this journey. So you could argue that maybe some of them, like, don't even know what's going on. Like, they're just along for the ride, whereas totally, yeah. In the book, they all, they all did this together. Yeah, that was like another thing that I kind of felt got lost in the movie is like the journey that McMurphy takes the other patients on the ward on, because in the book they become much more like confident selves and they want to do this and they want to um, stick it to Nurse Ratchet and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. they want to stand up for themselves. And then in the movie, it's just, like, things are happening to them. Yeah. Or like, things are happening around them, and they just kind of are there. Are, yeah. And then I thought it was most evident um, near the end of the story when they have that party where the ladies come back and they all party mm-hmm. on the ward. And um, in the movie, Billy is going to go sleep with Candy for the first time. And... Um, mm-hmm. The guys have to go, like, drag him out of the room that he's gone and hidden in and mm-hmm. then take him to the seclusion room with Candy. But in the book, he's like, oh, shit, it's 4.30. Like, I got to go get in this room to get with Candy. Yeah. <laughs> I got to have my date with Candy before you guys yeah. leave. Like, come on. Yeah. And I was I just like, this. I was like, yeah. that's a much more, like, compelling 
character arc for any of them, you know, when they're like, yeah, like, I want to do this, I, of my own volition. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm choosing to make this choice, and I want to, you know, become more of an autonomous individual and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's like, even them having the power to make the choices Mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. Because they don't get that with Nurse Ratchet and... Yeah, a lot of the times in the movie, they don't really get that either, even with yeah. the little bits of power that they're getting. It's yeah. still kind of like, I don't know, it's mob mentality and it's peer pressure and it's just a lot of stuff Yeah, going on. It yeah. is. I don't know. I don't want to say that I'm disappointed in the movie, but I kind of am. I am. <laughs> like, the more we talk about it, I'm just like coming to this realization where I'm like, that was shit. <laughs> Well, it wasn't yeah. shit. It was it, was it a wasn't good movie, yeah. but just the book is just like, and I feel like one of those people where it's like, uh, the book was better. But you guys, like, the book is so much better. It, the book is so much more. Yeah, is, I think more what it is. There's a lot more substance to it, and I just, yeah, I also think you know the movie ends with that big, um, scene between McMurphy and Ratchet where he's just like choking her out, mm-hmm. and. uh in the movie, I I think I would have almost been like, wow, like, where did this come from? Yeah. Uh, but in the book, you really get a good understanding about why he's so, so angry with her. And, uh, and you can see it coming, and you know that it's coming. Yeah. And it's just like, it feels inevitable. Yeah, But the movie, it just kind of, like, happens, and you're like, holy shit, like... Yeah, I kind of felt that, too. It seemed really fast. Yeah. I would have wanted, if it were me, and if I had made this film, and if I would change (laughs) literally one thing, I would have just, like, a moment of McMurphy, like, looking at Ratchet after Billy's killed himself. Yeah. Where there's just, like, the pure hatred and it only has to be a couple seconds, but even that would have been enough where it's like, McMurphy has snapped, he's done with your bullshit, and this is happening. But instead, he literally just, like, tackles her. Yeah. And it, it almost feels like he could have chosen to do that to anyone. Like, not necessarily Nurse Ratched, but he could have done it to one of the, um, like, the other nurse on the ward or mm-hmm. one of the other guys, like, it didn't feel like it had to be Nurse Ratched, but yeah. in the book, it has to be But in the book, it, totally. It has to be. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> we're really talking ourselves, we're, yeah, we're, like, building our <laughs> argument the more that we talk about it. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm talking <sighs> myself out of that movie, because I was like, yeah, I enjoyed that movie, and now I'm like, did I... <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I enjoyed it too, but now I'm just like, ah, but the book though. (laughs) There's just, there's just way more depth that you can get into. Yeah. When it's a book. And there's only so much that, film's great, but there's only so much that film can do. Yeah. What was really surprising to me though was it was a Broadway play first before it was a film. I would really enjoy seeing a play. Yeah. That'd be fascinating so now let's talk about our first surprise actor who was the first cast in this movie because he originated the role on broadway 
Danny DeVito. <laughs> you want to see a young Danny DeVito I, and be weirded out? I texted out? you about this, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you just texted me. You're like, young Danny DeVito is really weird. He looks so weird because I can't remember a time. Like, okay, since I've been alive, Danny DeVito has kind of just looked like a bowl of mashed potatoes. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? With some hair. Yeah. And seeing him in 1975, like, I can't, I can't fathom it. It doesn't look like him, but it's so clearly him. It took me probably about five scenes where his character is there for me to figure out that that was him. Right? Yeah. It's wild. And also because his voice is so unique, but he doesn't talk a lot yeah. in this character role. He did a great job as he that character. He did a really great fucking job. You know, Actually, everybody in this film was amazing. The person he- that played <laughs> Billy was great. I really liked um, Christopher Lloyd. Yes. He, he did a good job. He was so good. Oh, my God. Everybody was wonderful. They even had people that weren't actors in this film. Uh, the guy that played Chief yes. was found, and they were just like, you want to be in a movie? He was like, okay, and he did a great job. Uh, yeah. The guy that played Dr. Spivey was a doctor at the hospital that they filmed at. Yep. They just cast him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they also had patients, like patients of the ward that they filmed in. Yeah. That they hired as part of the crew and cast. They were just there. Crazy. The guy that awesome. played uh, Cheswick, he did such an amazing job. But he got <sighs> like is a good character. Yeah, you know, and that was the one thing I appreciated more in the movie than in the book because Cheswick dies in the book. Surprise, surprise. And um, <laughs> I honestly yeah. like I remember that he died, but I couldn't really remember how. But the movie, he was so memorable. Uh, but the oh, guy yeah. that plays him got, like, way too into character and actually had to, like, consult with that doctor that played Dr. Spivey because mm-hmm. uh, he was like, am I going crazy or no? <laughs> and the doctor was like, as long as you can tell what's real and what's not, then we're good. But, like, you can yeah. talk to me if, you come, if you're feeling like that's not happening. If you can still tell the difference between you and the character, then, like, you're fine. Yeah. I think it was but during yeah, his, like, cigarettes scene or something like that. He just, like, couldn't calm down afterwards because he gets himself really worked up. Mm-hmm. And it, like, started scaring everyone. Wow. So, like, what the fuck's happening? That's intense. But, it, I mean, he did, a, he did a great job. He did. Yeah. 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 The Everyone's performance was great. That's I think that's part of the reason why I don't want to hate on the movie. Yeah. Because everybody did such a good job in their role. Yes, everyone did such a great job. I think the only downfall was really just the script, you know? They just didn't include enough. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's, like, there's so much going on, and there's so many topics that need to be explored a lot deeper. Yeah. And... You can't do all of them. No. You can do maybe one. Yeah. And they didn't really do... Well, they didn't really do any. <laughs> no, I don't know. 
It's a good. It's a good movie. It's a really good book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That is a good. That is a good thing to say. So let's stop dunking on this movie. Yeah, that was never really my intention. No, mine happened neither. <laughs> I was just like, I just but have yeah, like two things know. to say about the movie, and then it turns into like five, and then ten, and then half our show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you have anything else you'd like to say? I could, but we're starting to run a little bit long already, and. I don't think I have anything small to say, you know? No? <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't got time for one more big topic? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I really like, I really like Chief as a narrator. Yeah. I think he's fascinating. He's, yeah. I love, I love debating, uh, like, tr- the truth versus, like, Yes. What is true? Yes. You know, so something can be uh, true for one person, but it's not the truth. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you know a lot. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but you do know. So yeah. the way the chief sees the world, that's his truth, and it's 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 weird and mechanical and fascinating, and it's not wrong. No. You know, but it's not I don't know. It's almost like a very like weirdly literal view of the world. It's mm-hmm. not realistic, but it's just he's taking it for what it is and it's transforming into like this weird visualization in his mind. My favorite thing about his view is just how he sees people mm-hmm. and how people can be different sizes um, simply because of like the power that they hold and yeah. uh, how he views himself. You know, he thinks he's so small. And he's always described, I would be very curious to know like how Keezy actually thought McMurphy looked. Mm-hmm. Because to the chief, McMurphy is this huge dude. Yeah. Like, average height, but super built, totally ripped, just, like, big, massive dude. Yeah. But a lot of that is coming from the power that he holds. Yes. Because the chief is an objectively huge dude. Yes. But to himself, he's very small because he's become weak. Yeah. So, yeah, I we don't know what McMurphy actually looks like. Because we can only see it through Chief's eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he is a huge jack dude. And maybe he's just a totally average looking dude. We'll never know. Yeah. He's, got, he's got the personality of a huge dude. That's right. <laughs> I always like it when people tell me that they, like, they think that I'm taller than I am because yeah. of the way that I hold myself and because of, like, the attitude that I have. Yeah. They're always like, oh, I think I always thought that you were, like, taller. <laughs> tall, but taller. And then I'm like, I'm five foot three. And they're like, what, really? I'm like, yes, I am a small person. <laughs> but it's a compliment because it has to do with your attitude and the yeah. way that you hold yourself, you know? So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Size. 
It's all relative. It's all relative. Any any last thoughts from you, Emma? I don't think so. I think I got it cool. all out there. I think so too. I mean, yeah. Let's get into our rubric. Yeah, let's do it. Fun factor. God, like, uh, <laughs> this isn't a fun book. No, not, I'm not gonna lie. This wasn't a super fun experience. Um, but it was a good experience. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how to rate it then. Like, fun factor, I'm gonna give it like a three out of ten. Okay. Lobotomies. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> I mean, they don't talk about it in the film, so we have to talk about it more here. Oh, man, that's such a huge bummer. But also, like, less lobotomies is good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate this a good out of fun. Yeah. <laughs> a good out of fun. Yeah. Because it wasn't fun, but it was good. I'm sticking with my golf score. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the lower the better. <laughs> uh... It's a par out of fun. A par out of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, fun factor, not high, but, like, a still a good experience. Totally. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. Yeah. and It was um, great and I enjoyed myself, but that doesn't mean it was fun, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have I, to stop saying you know. You know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Big time. Uh, yeah, literally didn't remember anything about this book. I remembered McMurphy dies, uh, Chief uh, throws the thing through the window and runs away. Uh, and I'm I was so right. proud of you. <laughs> I was right about those. Uh, and I remembered feeling happy by the end of it, and like, I guess I did. It's a complicated happy, though. Yeah, it's like... Um, What's that word? Like when you're happy, but it's also sad. Bittersweet. Sure, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the word you were thinking of. No, it's not. But, you know, I think that's the proper one. So. All right. It's happy. It's a sad happy. (laughs) Yeah. It is kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, victory, but also like, uh, victory? Yeah. Is this a victory? I guess. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. I also, anyway, it was totally worth it. I also think that it was worth it to, like, read it um, as a more mature reader when I have Yeah, I feel like some, I got more out of it now. Yeah. You know, you have more experience with, like, the world and things around you and you have, like, opinions about shit and... Maybe you've read a book called My Lobotomy and you know something about that. I mean, I... That was me. to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then maybe you haven't, and now you're excited to get into another book. I am. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jump back to, like, way early on. Um, when you talked about having a difficult time finding this book. Yeah. I bought the ebook immediately. I didn't even try Where looking for it. Where are you getting it. these ebooks from? Google. Goo goo. 
Durr. Google has everything. I guess I could. I, I remember it being relatively cheap as well. I literally have an e-reader. Like, come on, Emma. Get your head out what of your ass. What are you ass. doing? I've been reading stuff off my phone. You have an e-reader? Do that. Uh, Yeah, but I don't know. It was, it was one of those things where I just had an idea where I was like, this book is old and I'm going to be able to find it at the library or a used bookstore. And then once I was on having like... I got to get a physical copy of it. Then my next thought was just chapters. Right. Right. It's fine. We're determined. My brain is just doing its own thing. Thank you. <laughs> Living in a paper world. That's right. And actually, I uh, really enjoy the copy that I got. The cover is so cute. And now it's going to be a nice addition to my bookshelf. So there. Well, that's a plus. Yeah. And I also got rid of a bunch of books. So I have room. Hey, did you conmari your books? Kind of. I got rid of a bunch of ones that I was holding on to for sentimental reasons that I was like, I'm never going to look in this book again. <laughs> um, <laughs> unless it's for the podcast, but I was like, when would this ever come up? But so yeah, I just got rid of them uh, and now I can go buy more. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Ain't that the way. Uh, okay, so would you do it again? I I think I would. I think I'm going to need some time to uh, get over it, just because it is a really emotional... <laughs> like, it's an emotional time. You know, you're laughing, you're crying. It's just a lot. So I I will read it again, but not for a while. Yeah, I think I want to read it again. And kind of soon, like, within the next couple of years. Um, just because I do feel like this was almost, like, my first reading of it. And I feel like there's a lot more to get out of it in a second read-through. Especially with, like, the whole Chief Bromden perspective and and things like that, you know? Yeah. I think there was a lot of, like, things that happened in the book where I was, like, not really understanding what just happened. And I was like questioning, I was like, what's going on here? But a second read. Yeah, through. there are things that happen that like kind of go unsaid. So yeah. it's probably worth another read through. Yeah. To pick up on like the things that are just kind of glossed over. Yeah. Um Yeah. Well, Would you, you watch the movie again? Um No. Yeah, I could take or leave it. I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, like, I watched it. It was a fine movie. Some great acting. But I just feel like the book delivers so much more. And, you know, where the Shining episode kind of differs from this is that, like, the movie was so different from the book that I feel like you get two different things mm -hmm. out of the book and the movie. But with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like, it's pretty true to like the events of the book wait a goddamn second scatman crothers is in both of those movies too holy shit He's he is man. <laughs> that just he doesn't die in this one though no <laughs> thank god that would have been super weird <laughs> Okay, now I feel like we need to watch more Jack Nicholson movies and just see where Skip and Crothers pops up. 
Yeah, just wait for him to show up because yeah. he's like he's he's gonna be there. Oh my god. Um, but wow. as as I was saying, the book and the movie kind of deliver on the same items, um, just one more in depth than the other. So I'll just read the book. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And miss out on the scat man. You know, his, I kind of have the same issues with the party as I do with the fishing trip. Yeah. Because the party they also kind of did, well, I mean, it was still like against the rules, but it was because they bribed. Uh, I don't remember his character's name. Oh, uh, starts with a T. Not Tabor. It's Not Tabor, because that's one of the patients. Anyway, so they bribed Scatman in the book <laughs> to have the party. So he's in Turkle. on it. And he wants it to happen. Turkle! Uh, and then in the movie, they just kind of show up with the prostitutes and the booze, and they're like, you're not going to tell, are you? Yeah. And he's like... I fucking guess not. You've already trashed the office and I'm probably going to lose my job. Fuck, I may as well drink. Yeah. And it was just, it was really sad because you just feel, you pity his character in the movie and you feel really bad for him. But in, in the book, he's like, we're all in this together. Okay. That's the end of that. Oh, man. Thanks. Now that song's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> You're so welcome. Is it going to be stuck in yours, dear listener? That's the real question. <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> have you read this book? Have you seen the movie? Do you have thoughts, feelings, opinions on it? Let us know. What are they? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, we want to know. We want to hear from you. Pointing read this at book. Screen. Uh, read the book. Seriously. The movie, take it or leave Whatever. it. Maybe watch the movie first and then read the book. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, let us know what happens. <laughs> We're on Twitter <laughs> at Impressions Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Second Impressions Podcast. And you can always email us if you have suggestions for future episodes at psychodepressionspodcast at gmail.com. Do you have another Jack Nicholson movie that was adapted from a book that we should do? Because I think this needs to be a thing now. <laughs> Is Scatman Crothers also there? Because that would be a bonus. <laughs> uh, thank you to Keegan for our artwork. And thank you to Travis for the music, and thanks to all of you for listening. My name's Danica. And my name's Emma. Please remember to give us a rate and review and subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, and you can give us a follow on Spotify if you haven't done that already. I don't know how to sign off. I know. Me neither. Um, go live your goddamn life and have as a great time big as a it. mountain. You are as big as a mountain. Size doesn't matter. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. Just just cut it off after there. <laughs>